You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. Welcome to the Make Meaning Podcast. I'm Lynn Galadner, and I've dedicated my life to sharing stories of how people make meaning in their work and find purpose in their lives. On this podcast, we're going to talk about some of the great ideas and activities people do every day to make the world a better place and provide inspiration for others. So much of the meaning we find comes from interacting with great people, developing relationships that are mutually beneficial, and doing work that inspires everyone. I hope you'll be inspired by the people you meet here. We all need to find a way to make meaning in the mundane. Welcome to this episode of the Make Meaning Podcast. I'm here today with the Reverend Josephine Robertson, who grew up as an Episcopalian, what she describes as a geeky and liberal sort of Christian who likes incense and big old churches, but also science and Star Trek. And she spent time at monasteries way before it was cool. Her spiritual mentors have been Christian, Buddhist, Taoist, Jewish, and pagan, and they've each had valuable truths to share. Vicar Joe has a BS from Western Michigan University, a Master of Divinity from the Seminary of the Southwest, and an ever-expanding collection of books. She was ordained a priest in the Episcopal Church in 2011 and serves All Saints Episcopal Church in Bellevue, Washington as vicar. She founded Crazy Whole Life in 2017. Welcome to the Make Meaning Podcast. Hi, it is wonderful to be here. Well, it's great to have you, and we're going to talk about a lot of things, but first, of course, I have to say that there is a Michigan connection to everyone I meet wherever I go on the globe, and I loved seeing that you went to Western, so I want to hear all about your Michigan roots. Tell me. Well, so I think Michigan is one of those kind of center of the universe sort of places. We just (laughs) seem to have impacted everyone. Um, Yes. So my, uh, we like to joke that my father is a goat and my mother is a troll because <laughs> my father is from the uh, peninsula. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so yeah. my mother was born and raised in Detroit. Um, my father is from is a youper, and mm-hmm. I grew up in the thumb of Michigan, kind okay. of out in our country, uh-huh. uh, little town where we had more cows than there were people, uh-huh. and is. That's still true. Um, and then I moved to the Detroit suburbs after I graduated from college um, and worked for a little defense contractor there. And I just, I love the city. I grew up with my grandmother taking me to the um, concerts downtown at the Ford Theater. And um, we lived at the zoo in the summer. So Detroit has a big place in my heart. <laughs> oh, yes. I love to hear that. I can just hear the joy brimming over and picture those summers. So thank you for sharing that. So what uh, led you to the spiritual life? Tell me about that journey. So it's it's interesting because I've kind of always been one of those spiritual geeks who never... <laughs> um, it was always a little odd. I was the kid who my mother would um, lose me at church on Sundays and would find me curled up underneath the altar. The altar oh. at our church was big um, black walnut like dining table. It uh-huh. had come, the story is, it had come over from England on a steamer ship. Oh, wow. So you can imagine it was like this medieval uh, dining table. It was so uh-huh. cool. Uh-huh. And it, these big hangings that would go all the way to the ground, all the way around. Uh-huh. So underneath it was like this 
secret cave. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would curl up under there. I have always been a kind of a quiet, introverted sort of child. Uh-huh. Um, and I would curl up under there and the the divine I encountered under that altar was this warm, grandmotherly um, sort of presence. Uh, and that has really marked um, my life and my journey is that kind of uh, loving, intimate, um, and maybe not quite traditional <laughs> experience yeah. of the divine. Um, it's you like- know, I never really uh, left uh-huh. spirituality. A lot of folks grow up in some kind of religious tradition. They go off to college and they just kind of stop entirely. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas I ended up, um, you know, I, I grew up in the church, mm-hmm. uh, sort of traditional in that, you know, we had you know, the, the fancy church building and, and <laughs> we were there on Sundays and Wednesdays. And, uh-huh. um, my father has a very natural spirituality. He totally finds the divine out in the woods by himself. Sure, um, sure. I think it is true for a lot of guys. Um, and so I had that, that mix and I went off to college and I walked into, and I came from a teeny little, weeny little town. I had yep. read the whole library basically <laughs> at, at, back home. Uh-huh. Um, and I walked into the college, uh, the library at Western Michigan university, mm-hmm. which I think it was four stories tall. They may have expanded it by now. Uh-huh. And I discovered that the religion and spirituality section was larger than the whole library in my hometown. Wow. What a revelation. (laughs) It was just, it was mind blowing. And I, so I discovered all these different traditions. I discovered Taoism and Buddhism and all of these different writers and these historical books. I had no idea had ever existed. (laughs) Um, And so I was there majoring in computer science. But I lived in the religion and spirituality section of that library and just devoured (laughs) this incredible um, breadth of books. And it was just, it it opened up this world for me, this wider world. And I think I'm lucky that I had those sort of very mystical experiences early in my life. And so it did not destroy my Mm -hmm. spiritual basis or my relationship with the divine. It was kind of, she basically said, ah, you've met more of me (laughs) (laughs) in all these different aspects. And I was just like, yes, this is my grandmother. Um, You know, this is great cosmic mother. And um, so it was just, it was this incredible um, broadening experience, I think. And that's really where I try to help people have that sort of um, broadening experience because I think it's valuable to realize how small our own um, capacity is. Mm -hmm. We are very small and very finite Mm -hmm. and the world we live in is so diverse and so fantastical Um, and that doesn't have to be a scary thing. That can be this incredible invitation. Yeah, it's amazing because um, spirituality can be a comfort. It can also be um, foreboding. And and also spirituality and religion can be the same and totally opposite. It really depends how a person experiences it and 
um, what exposure they've had or exposures, I guess I would say, you know, so when you're open and you can see the divine in everything and you can find the common ground, it's not, it's not so scary that there are different ways to the divine. So we hear a lot today about whether people are moving away from religion or moving toward it. Certainly there's a spiritual hunger out there and um, maybe it's a hunger for communion with the soul. Maybe it's true religious searching. I don't know, but um, I wonder how you see it. You know, what is your experience of this yearning and how people are um, satiating that, that need? So I think we are in a really exciting time um, religiously and spiritually in this, um, in this era in our world right now. Um, within the last 100 years, it was just socially required that you were part of a religious community. And in the U.S., that was generally Christian community and generally Protestant sure. or um, non-denominational. Sure. It was where you got business context. It was, the, you know, the church softball team in the summer. Sure. Um, and many of the folks who were in those communities weren't, in fact, religious at all. <laughs> um I mean, they just, they weren't, they didn't live by their religious practices. If you, if you look at the actual tenets of, say, something like the teachings of Jesus, and you look at the way we've lived in the last 50 years in this country, a lot of it didn't really line up at all. So we had a cultural, sure. we were culturally Christian. Mm-hmm. What's happening today, you don't have to be part of a religious anything. And so the people who actually do have a desire for something, the folks who, for example, ever walk in the door of my little tiny church in Bellevue, uh-huh. they're there because they're spiritually hungry. Right. They're not there because they need to, you know, get their car dealership um, more clients. <laughs> they're there <laughs> because they're actually looking for a connection with other human beings. They're looking for a group of people who are trying to make the world better. They're looking to connect with the divine. Mm-hmm. They're looking to share those experiences. And I think that's really exciting. It is. Because, it, it you is. know, we have this opportunity. Um, you know, I and, wonder if some of this is because of the increase in social media where we think we're connecting, but we're really very distant. And so we, yes. we really lack that human connection, the eye contact, the handshake, the, the hug. And, you know, and I love how you define a religious community as a group of people who share a common experience of the divine and a common understanding of what it means to be human. I mean, that definition is so profound. You know, when you think of a religious community is really people coming together with the shared understanding or, shared need, um, that's that's really different than how we might have defined it in another context. Yes. Yeah. Um, and it's so incredibly important. Um, you know, media has been both a gift and a curse. Right. So in some ways, it's this incredible gift. I am connected with religious leaders from other traditions, um, especially I've got this great community of rabbis that I follow and interact with online, and <laughs> we just geek out. Um, and it's wonderful to have that connection to people who have a different background and, and slightly different understanding, because we can check each other. You know, they can basically say, whoa, Joe, <laughs> you just went Pay off in left field, and you might want to think about how that would impact other people. Hmm. What you're what you're saying here, um, 
which is this incredible gift that we can be connected all around the world with people who are so different than us. Exactly. And exactly. there's that shadow side of social media where, um, you know, we, we share only the good stuff on Facebook, you right. know, the scrub right. pictures um, that like my house never looks like Instagram photos. <laughs> <laughs> And then we get this idea that we can't share our whole selves, that we can only share the positive parts of ourselves. But that's not new. You know, think about the 1950s. The culture at a church in the 1950s was you had to show up in your Sunday best, right? Right. And what was going on at home? I mean, there could be abuse at home. There could be dysfunction. But wow, you all were, you know... Yeah, scrubbed up and looking great when you went to church on Sunday. Um, Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's not real community. It's not. Which is what human beings need. Absolutely. We need to be real and we need to be honest and know that we're accepted as we are, warts and all. And so I wonder if that, it's a great segue into talking about crazy whole life. So as I mentioned to you earlier, I stumbled upon your website and just fell in love. And I wanted to reach out to you to learn about what inspired you to create it and what kind of responses you've received. Tell me a little bit about it. Yeah. So... I am serving in Seattle. I'm living in Seattle, Washington. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I got here, I realized there was all this spiritual hunger around me. There were people that were really looking for meaning and connection. Um, and most of what was available online was either really sort of, um, I don't want to use negative terms, but very fundamentalist religious sorts of teaching that was really negative and didn't connect with the people that I was encountering Mm -hmm. or was very just kind of fuzzy Instagram kind of uh, spirituality, which is great when everything's going wonderfully and you're doing the bubble bath and, um, (laughs) you know, dancing in yoga class. But, when the crap hits the fan, <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. there wasn't that kind of realness in the middle. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the thing I love about religious community is that, you know, the folks that I am in community with, we don't agree with each other. Mm-hmm. Um, we often have really different ideas about things. Um, we argue with each other. We, we debate each other. But at the end of the day, our core rule is we have to love each other mm-hmm. um, and we have to take care of each other. And so I felt like there was a space missing for that. For folks who had left religious community, a lot of times because much of it has been very um, abusive, especially if you are LGBTQ, um, if you are, um, if you're a woman, um, a lot of it, if you're a person of color, I mean, there's just so much about uh, institutional religion that has been damaging and the people have left it, Mm -hmm. but that doesn't mean they have left that human need for connection and for community and for real support and that need for us to grow as human beings, to become better people, um, to mature Mm -hmm. through our lives, like Mm -hmm. that stuff we still need. Mm -hmm. Um, And I felt like that was a hole. And I thought, you know what? I love this stuff. (laughs) This is what I do every day. 
what if I shared it? Um, yeah. And so I, you know, I created the website and I have been surprised by the, the breadth of people. I have, I have folks in, there's a Lutheran congregation um, in the med- Midwest that uses my posts for their, you know, regular Sunday school classes. Wow. Um, that's awesome. And which is, which is great and is wonderful and exactly what I wanted to happen. And they, I, I have um, folks who are solitary pagan practitioners who tell me, I love your stuff and I use it, you know, when I'm doing, <laughs> when I'm doing my spiritual work. Um, and so, I mean, what a, what a great breadth. <laughs> That's awesome. You're unifying um, people. You really are. Yeah. And, and it just, it gives me hope that we as human beings can be better than the sort of divisiveness. We can find common ground. Um, and we don't all have to then look the same. Right, oh. right. But we can find that core truth at the at the heart of every single person, regardless of what we believe or we look like or, or how we live, um, that humanity is shared. It's universal. Yeah, yeah. And our need for each other is universal. Absolutely, absolutely. So I've been wondering, you know, it's common to hear religious leaders say that they have a calling to do the work that they do. And I'm just wondering, you know, when it comes to those of us who are just ordinary people, um, how would you encourage people to find their true calling? It may not be a spiritual path or spiritual leadership, but I believe everybody has a purpose and, and something that they should be doing to make the world better. How do you encourage yeah. people to find their true calling? So I wish I had my own quote, but <laughs> <laughs> the best quote I have ever seen for this is by um, a man named Frederick Buechner. Mm-hmm. Um, and he says that our calling, um, and this is true whether you're talking about you know spiritual or not, I think there's no such thing as not spiritual, it's all spiritual, uh-huh. sure. um, but is that our calling is the place where our deep gladness and the world's deep hunger meet. Hmm, that's beautiful. That, that's really beautiful. Which is, it's incredibly beautiful because it it does two things. It admits that there is desperate need in our world, mm-hmm. and that we don't have to um, be martyrs to that need. Right. So, especially for women. We are often taught to sacrifice ourselves for the needs of others. Mm-hmm. Whereas this way of looking at calling says, what is it that is that, that deep gladness, that inner joy, the thing that feeds your soul, mm-hmm. that, that keeps you going, um, that outpouring of love you can give, that that's actually valuable and that there is a place in the world that desperately needs that yes. and that that's you can be offering. You don't have to sacrifice yourself. You and and that is that can be so diverse. Um, Imagine there, there's so, go yeah. Ahead. Imagine if our schools today were teaching kids to find their deep gladness. I wonder how that would transform the curriculum, but also, you know, all the trends of of depression and anxiety and and spending, you know, six figures on college to end up in a career that you don't love and, you know, finding, you know, pursuit of deep gladness. I I feel like that should be a mandatory course that everybody takes and it just sort of tunes them into that inner voice that maybe they haven't listened to. Yeah. You know, we, we have been so trained 
to be producers of something, you know, productive members of society is one of the phrases I hate the most. Yes. <laughs> um, because it, it assumes that unless you're in a kind of corporate ladder climbing environment, you're not actually being uh, a productive human. Right. Um, right. Which I, you know, that just doesn't, it doesn't, doesn't make sense at all. Um, but it also has created this idea um, that that somehow work is our highest goal. And it could be. Um, you know, I know people for whom the joy of solving problems with code in mm-hmm. a computer mm-hmm. lights them up like sure. a tree. Sure. You know? And in that case, like, go for it. <laughs> you go shine. Um, yes. But if that's not where your gladness is, mm-hmm. find what find where you just light up um, because that's what the world, you know, we need a heck of a lot more light, right? Oh, yes. Um, yes. And everybody has something to offer. I completely agree. And I hope that our listeners are hearing you say this and, and starting to ask themselves those questions and giving themselves permission to search for it and really say, you know, what is it that feeds me and how can I impact others? Because, you know, all the cliches are true. If you do what you love, you won't work a day in your life. And um, it just, it's it's all true. And so you have to think about what we, what are your innate talents? What were you put here to do? Um, because you can really make an impact if you're in that flow. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think it's important to remember that what that thing is may change throughout our lives. Um, you know, one of the things I love about my tradition is that our, um, our calendar is seasonal. We have seasons that repeat year after year and our lives are seasonal. You know, the the thing you have to offer the world when you're a child, you know, your play and your joy that changes as you grow. It changes maybe when you have children. Um, and then it changes in, in the, the end years of your life. Um, and we always have something to offer. Um, and we're always hopefully growing and changing. I, like to tell my folks, you know, the only thing that does not grow and change mm-hmm. is something that's dead. <laughs> so yes. Better be growing. <laughs> yes. Well, it has been such a pleasure to talk with you, Vicar Joe. I wish we could go on and on. I have still so many questions that I haven't asked that um, I wish I could throw in here, but we're running out of time. So I just want to thank you for be- being part of the Make Meaning podcast. And I hope our listeners are going to go check you out at Crazy Whole Life and find some inspiration there. And um, just thank you so much for being here. And I hope our listeners will check out Crazy Whole Life and see what you're all about. Thank you, Vicar Joe, for being on the Make Meaning podcast. Well, thank you for having me. It was a lot of fun. Great. Have a great day. Yeah. Thanks for listening to the Make Meaning podcast. I'm Lynn Galadner, and I've really enjoyed being here with you today. You can find the Make Meaning podcast wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. And I'd love it if you'd share our great conversations with all your people so we can add meaning wherever we go and whatever we do.